How you all doing? You all right? Yeah, it's been a cracking service today. Lots of things going on. And uh, welcome to you who are online joining us. Very, very uh, welcome. Um, I'm just going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for this glorious uh, uh, gathering here today and the family that we've, uh, we're part of. And um, I just pray you uh, bless us as we uh, just understand a little bit about what it means to be church. And uh, so I thank you, Lord. Uh, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I really, do, uh, I really do love this church. It's an amazing family. It was fantastic just hearing stories. I love stories all over the shop, but hearing Tosan's story was so fantastic. And um, what an amazing reading that was, because that reading, if you like, was a picture of what heaven is going to be like. And that heaven's going to be a place where we're not going to be in our little silos, our groupings with the people that we, 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 we if you like, we like and whatever. It's going to be all of us together uh, before God, worshipping God. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be gathering all those that know and love Jesus. Just like church, eh? Just like church. We're going to explore a little bit that, uh, what that means, really, and what that uh, seems. Because, you know, as I've got older, I've grown to love the church. Now, there's parts of church that wind me up. But I love church. There's parts of my family that wind me up. But I love my family. And if we actually make that connection, I think there's something that could be helpful in how we understand this. And that's what we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Over the next few weeks, we're going to spend time, we're calling it Radical Church. But we want to really dig down and explore what does it mean to be part of a church like this? What does it mean to be part of a church that's making a difference? We're going to look at areas of what does it mean to gather like this? What does it mean to belong and truly belong and feel authentically part of something? What does it mean to... To give, what does it mean to serve into the life of what God has called us to do? And so we're going to explore that together because I really, really believe that this family, this place, this understanding of walking with God, at the heart of it is something so beautiful. Because it's a place where I believe God meets his people. Now, we're going to explore, as I say, what that means. But I do believe that in this thing, this gathering of people, we can know salvation, we can know freedom, we can know restoration, uh, we can know healing. But when I say the word church to you, I don't know how you react to that word church. Certainly if I was going on the streets of High Barnet and ask people about what they understand by that word church, maybe some of the things would come into their mind, like hard pews. Now we haven't had pews in this church for a long time, although there's still marks of the old uh, pews on the pillars, bizarrely, from about 60 years ago when they, or 50 years ago when they were flipped out of here. And so people think hard pews. They think um, unsingable uh, songs, maybe. They think um, enforced silences and certainly severe boredom. I often get people saying, what goes on in that building behind there, Andy? I can't imagine ever going in there myself. And maybe it's a bit like um, a story I heard of a vicar who was taking a boy around uh, his church one day and uh, showing him the memorials around the walls. And uh, the vicar said, these are the names of those who died 
in the services. To which the boy answered, asked, did they die in the morning or the evening services? <laughs> Maybe that is our picture of church. Many people would say, I can't imagine being there. It sounds like death. And then there's the clergy. I mean, you know, um, I, it's got, I've got to say, sometimes it's quite weird being a, a vicar, being a clergyman. People say the most amazing things to you, okay? An insight into my life. The, the classic, the other day, even when I was playing cricket, and my cricket mates, first time I met them, what do you do all week? And then they, then they quoted that great quote, which is, vicars are uh, six days invisible, one day incomprehensible. <laughs> or Christmas and Easter must be your busy time. As if the rest of the year I do absolutely nothing, but it's bizarre. Must be your busy time. I get that all the time. Uh, this weird thing called big. And the classic one which I got recently, did you ever have a real job before you became a vicar? <laughs> and moving on from that, it's fascinating because going around as a vicar sometimes, I just induced guilt. I don't know what it is. It just oozes out of me, obviously. And so I'm going into, you could go to events and things and funerals and things like this and the amazing amount of time you chat to people, they go, you know what, I go to church. And I always go, wow, that's amazing. Which church do you go to? Well, I only go on the big occasions. <laughs> or I only go from time to time, like um, funerals, like the one we're at at the moment. You know, and it's bizarre that phrase, isn't it? I go to church. Weird phrase, I go to church. Like I go to a, watch the Saracens play. Or I go to watch, I go to the cinema, or I go to the park. It's sort of in that same terminology. There's a part of me that almost wants to say, look, just stop going to church. Just stop going to church. I mean, you say, well, that's a bit radical. You know, we've just celebrated Easter, the moment when Jesus came, died on a cross, gave his life, rose again, and invited his followers to church. Jesus came and died on the cross to invite us to church. No. He didn't invite us to follow him to go to church. Isn't it great? I believe the Christian message and the Christian life is far more exciting than church. Oh, you're starting to get worried now. He's the vicar. He's paid. He's supposed to be running this thing called church. But the fact is that is so often the highest calling we seem to call people into. You're going to have a life sentence. It's almost like that feel. This might be a new thing to you, but Jesus has called us to something far more exciting and higher in calling than going to church. Far more thrilling, far more life-giving. To be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. So when he said, follow me, he said a number of things. He invited us to be so full of Jesus that we could be the church to the world. So let's explore that question. What is church? What is church? Basically, if you, you, you don't go to church, we are the church. Okay? You don't go to church and we are the church. Because our identity, if those of us that follow Jesus would say our identity is in Jesus, not in an institution. It's not in a building but it's a people called by Jesus to change the world. The word church uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the original uh, Greek is ecclesia, 
ecclesia, which means gathering, basically. Gathering of people. And you see, this incredible thing called church is not about an institution. I didn't, I, I'm not part of an institution here. And yet, you know, because the trouble is we look at church as if it's just something like government or, um, you know, a particular, um, you know, the law or particular area. So like an institution. What's it like being part of an institution? Who wants to be excited about that? We're part of a movement. When Jesus called his followers, he said, come with me and we're going to change the world. We're going to see lives transformed. We're going to see a whole load of stuff happen. So what happened early on? They did start gathering, but they gathered because they wanted to know this Jesus more. They gathered in, in, in homes and maybe slightly bigger homes when they started to grow. Or they, they gathered in the public place, it says in Acts 2, from time to time, until they got persecuted and beaten up. And what is said, the first 300 years of the life, life of church as we know it, the gathering of the people of God, was the most exciting period ever in history. It's often said that in 312, when Emperor Constantine said, right, we're, go- we're going to make Christianity, the, 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 if you like, the religion of the empire, many people would argue, we lost our mojo. We lost our mojo. We moved from being, if you like, the countercultural, fresh, living place where people gathered together just to understand what, what God had to say to them. They would give stuff to one another. They would live in a way that was total generosity. And people, it says, just were added to their number. They couldn't wait but be in it. It exploded in such a way. And what did we do? We made it religious. It became, if you like, part of the structure. Even in Constantine's time, what he did, they took over. My son's just come back from Rome, and he was telling me one of the guided tours. What they did, they just moved from the catacombs. They used to meet in the burial site. They used to meet basically in the graveyard. They used to gather there. Uh, You know, that was the place to gather because nobody else wanted to go there. So the Christians gathered there in the catacombs. And then it moved to taking over the basilicas and taking over the, the temples. And, and becoming part of the sort of power institution. And it moved from being what it was meant to be, which is a gathering, a bunch of people trying to walk with Jesus. Messed up, screwed up, broken, but saying, I know Jesus can do it. And he can do it again and again and again. And right since the beginning of time, that has been the calling of being church. And Two billion people now would say they follow Jesus and growing throughout the world. Maybe not in our own context in the Western world, but growing exponentially, incredibly, as people gather in incredible places, sometimes in buildings, sometimes in homes, sometimes in secret, sometimes on the beach, wherever it might be, that is the, the, the sense of what church is. And within that, what is church? This was an early church writer who said this. And let us consider how to spur one another to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit. Even in those days, people were falling off and stopping going. And they were saying, come back. You've got to meet together. It's important to gather for a reason. But let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching because they live in the sense that Jesus will come back. It might be this afternoon, it might be tomorrow. We've got to be together. We've got to continue knowing this and understanding this for ourselves. So as the church has grown, we've lost that sense so often of gathering and why we, why we meet. So why should we gather? Why should we gather? And I want to uh, dig into some of these reasons. Why should we come together? Why should uh, we, we meet like we do? And these are three reasons. One is 
simply to worship, to come together to worship. It reminds us in Ephesians 2.10, it says, we are God's workmanship. We've been made for a reason. We've made, but we've been made to worship him. And there is something beautiful about coming together and gathering to worship. You know, actually just to be together with a bunch of other people who believe the same thing and saying, Lord, I honor you. I bless you. You are the one that has made me and knows me. There's something glorious. The, uh, recently, someone came to church and they could only actually come in for the first 20 minutes because their kids, they went out to the kids' work. They were only there for 20 minutes. So there was only one song. And it, it was okay. It was reasonably well played. Sorry to the band. But the point is, it was all right. And I didn't think, when they told me afterwards, I didn't think it was an amazingly way experience of church. But they said, you know what? When we came in, there was something different. There was a sense of something and someone that we wanted to know more about in those 20 minutes, just in that one song that was brilliantly played, of course. But the point was, it wasn't about whether it was played. They didn't understand the song. They didn't even know the song. But there's something about worship. There's something about, you know what? There's times in my life, regularly, when I don't want to be at church, in myself. But every time I come, you say, yeah, you're paid to do it. (laughs) Paid or not, You come and the worship engages with your heart. It shifts something. It changes something. And so that's why we need to meet together. It's beyond the singing. There's something about a place where it refocuses our heart. As it says here, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's why we gather. And you know, it amazes me, so many people you meet and they go, you know what, I'm going through a really rough patch at the moment. I'm not going near church. I'm like saying, you know what, you should be thinking the opposite. The place you need to be is with us. The place you need to be is coming before God and saying, God, I cannot do it on my own. You press into the opposite spirit. But so often you get people saying, oh, I've got so much going on in my life. I just think I'll drop, you know, I think I'm giving a break from church. It's like, you know what? That's the, that's the, that's the lies of the enemy. Because actually saying, come. It says, you know, keep coming and being encouraged. Frankly, if you're in a really rubbish place, <laughs> I'm going to use another word, a rubbish place. The place you need to be is in the worship with the people of God. That is why we gather, first and foremost. Secondly, as we gather, we seek his presence. Because, you see, when we come into the presence, the presence that person felt in the first 20 minutes was, it says, where two or three are gathered, God is there. God is there. It's not that God isn't there anywhere else. He's at work all the time. That's why it's fun. That's the adventure of following Jesus. But there is something about us coming together which is that's why you know, I love people who come to church, not because it makes me feel good, but actually because there's something about as we do, something happens. Firstly, worship. Secondly, connecting. Connecting together. Last time we discovered in Genesis, we were looking at Genesis, we discovered that from the beginning of creation, we were made for relationship. We were made for friendship. Not to be disconnected. And yet so often, uh, many people feel like, you know, what's really scary, you know there's about 20% of the population, they reckon, is what's called de-churched. And sadly, what's happened is that as they've come to church, or they've experienced church people, and frankly, we've been appalling. We've been appalling. 
We haven't talked to anybody when they've come in to the church. Just on a basic level. Or maybe there's been rejection. Or there's maybe been ways we've, we've, we've let people down. And, and we can do that. But the point is, and, and I've let lots of people down. It's been a story of my life. But as we, as we uh, you know, people have felt that. And so often they just said, that's not for me. But I'm still a Christian. I'm still following Jesus. You know what I, I want to say? I don't know many people who are fully going on with Jesus. Fully growing in their faith in Jesus. Who are not regularly coming together to church. I mean, I, I've met very few. They've either just stopped or they're, not, they're certainly not growing, going anywhere else. That's why the invitation is to come and connect. As John Wesley once said, there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. Church is unique. I mean, look around you. Look at all the people around you. Just have a look around. Look at them. What, what a bunch. They are unique. In fact, turn to the people next to you and say, you are beautiful. Okay, You are beautiful people okay you are so beautiful okay now <laughs> you are beautiful okay some of the blokes are looking at one another saying you're beautiful what I you are <laughs> I want to say you are beautiful and it's a weird phrase but you know whatever but it, the point is if each one of us is beautifully created by God and we are we're uniquely beautiful. Don't you think, we look at people and say, people are beautiful, aren't they? When you actually break it down, it's unique. Everybody's different. And we're, as a friend of mine called it, stinkingly beautiful. But we're beautiful. And we, 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 you know, that's who we are. And it's unique as well. What is unique about church is that there's people from so many different backgrounds. You wouldn't normally meet with these people, would you? Would you meet with these people normally? I don't know whether I would. <laughs> no, I mean this. I'm joking apart. It's true, though. We wouldn't normally meet. But for some reason, we say, because of our joint sense of like, well, some of us here probably don't even know Jesus or understand him or still asking questions. But we, we come together anyway, and we choose to do that. But we wouldn't choose necessarily to spend our, our social time with one another, would we? <laughs> Be honest. Come on. But we're called to come together and love one another and walk together and connect. And you know what? To love one another, understand, is to take some interest in one another and to truly connect. We're going to spend a bit more time in the next few weeks about how can we truly connect with God, but connect with one another and build real community. You know how we do that? We talk to one another. We listen to one another. We open ourselves up to one another. We share honesty with one another. That is the gatherings that is meant to be church. I love this quote by a guy called Jonathan Lehman. Gathering with other believers is messy. Loving other people, getting involved in their lives is messy. But you know what? So is love. It's always messy. Anything that's going to become deeper is going to be slightly messy. And this command here from Jesus, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. We're called to gather to worship, to connect, and thirdly, to grow. I just got into vegetable gardening a little bit. I've never done this in my life, really. We've got some spuds at the back, and it's going to be great. And we've got a little, there's a patch, a raised patch out the back there. Go and have a look at it if you want, anytime. And it was built originally for the young people, but they couldn't be bothered with it. So I've taken over it and put some... Um, uh, Mud in it and various other things. And we, we started, we put some seeds in it. I'll tell you, it's amazing. I mean, we've got, we've got runner beans. 
We've got a, f- a few herbs and whatever. For some reason, we've got lettuce. I don't understand lettuce. What is the point of lettuce? Can someone explain? What is the point of lettuce? Well, tell me. I mean, we have it in our salads, just green. It's got nothing in it. Burgers, that's true. As an as an ad, added, maybe. But that's it. It's just a bit of colour, isn't it, basically? Anyhow, we've, got, we've even got those we planted. What is the point of that? But the thing about it is, we put them in, particularly at the moment, uh, there used to be a guy called David Bellamy. Do you remember David Bellamy? Who used to go, you're amazing, it grows and grows. Anyhow, you're too young, most of you people here, to know who I'm talking about. But they do, they grow and grow. It's amazing. You put them in the ground and they grow. So I want to militate against the whole, I'm going to church. We've got to break that whole, I'm going to church. Because this verse absolutely polaxed me the other day and encouraged me. It says in, in Psalm 92, it says, The righteous will flourish like palm trees. Don't you want to be a palm tree? Full of coconuts? Maybe that's this church. But anyhow, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. It's very, very strong. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on, you older people. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Um, Such an encouragement. So instead of saying going to church... We need to be thinking, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be planted in the house of God. That's what I'm doing. So when people say, where are you going? Well, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be flourishing. You see, that completely changes the mind, doesn't it? I'm saying I'm going there, not just to go to church because I feel I want to go. We've got to break this go to church. I'm coming together with others because I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be planted and I'm going to flourish and I'm going to bear fruit in old age. I can continue on like Joe Plummer, flourishing in your young age. Yeah. And I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to stay fresh and green. How am I going to do that? I'm going to be gathering with other people and I'm going to be going there with a a desire to grow and to understand more. So we shift from going to church to a growth mentality, to be planted in such a way that it's going to make a difference in our world. Because we're coming to gather around the Word of God, which is the fuel for our faith. We're going to take it, and we're going to, as we're going to think in the next few weeks, we're going to get into another group where we're going to be accountable to others. And we're going to talk and ask questions which are going to go deeper. Because you can have a bit of me, but you will have forgotten 95% of what I say once you walk out that door probably today. But you, so that's why you need other people who go, hey, what do you mean by that? You know, well, why do you go to church? Well, um, I don't know, really. You know what I mean? You need others to help you do that and speak that into your life. I had someone, uh, he's in this room, I won't embarrass him, but he said to me the other day, he said, you know what your problem is, Andy? You don't listen very well. Right? You don't listen. Yeah, and people are nodding their heads saying, yeah, I know. I know. I've talk, tried to talk to him. <laughs> but, you know, it deeply challenged me, but you know what? Deeply helped me. Now, whether I got any better, it challenged me. Unless I have other people who are prepared to do that. That is what church is all about. It's maybe a, a better person, and hopefully a nicer person that people want to talk to. Please. I will listen. Later. You know, what I mean is we need one another to do that. 
very briefly, I want to just put some practicalities on this. Because we're gathered together to worship, to connect, and to grow. So what does it mean? How do we make the most of church? Now, uh, some of you might be new. Some of you have been coming the last few weeks. We have these little things called Connect Cards. And um, the advantage of this is that you get the odd update from us. You can hear about some of the stuff that's happening within the life of the church. Please fill one of these in. It really helps us to connect. Also, just to say for those of you that are on the system, it's called Church Suite, please can you go on and check? Because uh, we're finding recently a lot of people that emails are, have you know, gone awry or changed or whatever. Uh, and also their mobile phones and whatever. If you can check from time to time, it will really help us so we can get our communication better. But just genuinely playing your part. The second thing is we've got a welcome meal coming up very soon, the end of June. Uh, and uh, we want to invite you along if you're new. So find out all that's going on. So please do key in to that. But three points really here, briefly. Attend regularly. What I want to say is make a priority. Ink it in, in your mind. Don't see it as something, well, you know, from time to time I could do. You know, I talked to a few football managers in my time, and quite a lot they just said, you know what, 95% of it is just turning up. Yes, they've got some skill, they've got some talents, uh, Southampton uh, notwithstanding. But they've got, you know, 95% of it is just being there, or just getting there. And then within that, you can use who you are in that place. I do encourage us to really think that. Almost like to create a bit of a default setting. We've done this as a family, that being at church, even when we go on holiday, we'll find a church. And if we can't, we create our own little service. But we, we, we've built it in such a way. So the, the children have got used to the idea of that's just part of life. It's the part of the way we do it. And I would say as a parent, you know, actually, if you are not making it an intentional habit, don't be surprised when they turn around at 16, 17 and go, I'm not going to go there because you don't do it. I lobbed that one out there. But I I really encourage you, if we don't create those intentional habits in our families, in our situations, in our own lives, to be fair, we won't do it. Because frankly, there's other things we could do. But we do what we want to do, don't we, in the end. And this is a part of following Jesus, which is so vital. I don't know, I don't know of many people, as I say, who are followers of Jesus, who are not regular in going to church. Very few people I've met who are actually going on maturing, growing, deepening, who don't make church a priority in their lives. And it's a place to flourish, as it says, as I said earlier, in the things of Jesus. Maybe even, look, last night, I just say, I made a big sacrifice. We watched to the end of the songs in the Eurovision Song Contest, but we didn't watch the best bit, which is the voting. When we can start really kicking off, you know? Why is it the Greeks always vote for the Cypriots? You know, uh, all that sort of stuff, you know? All the usual biases that go on, and they hate us, we know. Right, But all that stuff, I missed all the voting. I laid it down because I knew I was going to church on Sunday morning. Now, you might say that as a low-level sacrifice. But, you know, if you're preparing for an event, you're preparing to go to stuff, preparing to go to work, you say, I'll go to bed early. There's a part of actually, why don't we prepare in expectancy to go to church? You know what? I'm, I'm going to be flourishing in the courts of the Lord tomorrow. And as I go there, I'm going to prepare myself. I'm maybe going to pray even. Even pray for the person preaching, saying, Lord... Can we have a decent one for once? Whatever. Just be praying, Lord, I'm expectant of flourishing as I plant myself in Jesus. 
Very quickly, get to know someone better each week. I said this at 9 o'clock, and someone came up to me who'd been in this church for a long time, and they said, that was so revolutionary. I said, well, what's that? I said to them, go and talk to someone different to your normal group that you normally gather with. Um, you know what? I want to, to challenge you. Come to church and say, I'm going to talk to one person different to the usual group that I hang around with. And try it. They may be new. They may have been people that have been there for 10 years. You know. <laughs> try your best. Just get to know someone better. That begins to bring a gathering sense rather than coming to go out. Come to go and see my mates. Go out. We've got to break through on this. We assume that everybody else knows one another. You know what? One of the fun bits is getting to know new people and realizing, wow, they've got stuff that could challenge into my life or interesting things about their life. You know what? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm far more interested in other people's lives. My life is pretty boring. I want to know what's going on in their life. It's much more fun. So find someone new to do that maybe. Thirdly, and I land, share what you have. Share what you have. We need one another. When we don't come together, we're missing out. So the more we come together, the more we gather, the more we do that consistently, the more we can discover our gifts, the more we can encourage one another, the more we can challenge one another, the more we can see God move in and through us as a church. Next week, we're going to spend a bit more time on worship. And John Coles is going to be sharing about worship. So I do encourage come expectant, learning something fresh about what is worship. Let's just pray, and we're going to just have a final worship song together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this family. Thank you that we are a weird and wonderful bunch. But we are united in our, our desire to follow you. Thank you, Lord, that church is not confined to this particular moment. Actually, church tomorrow is going to be um, uh, moving out as church the ecclesia, the people of God, into the workplace, into the fields, into the park, into the school, into the college. Thank you, Lord, for the excitement of being church. We're sorry, Lord, that we made church so dull, so boring, so disconnected, so broken. But that's because there's imperfect people inside. So, Lord, we say and we come as imperfect people. We say, Lord God, we worship you. Take us and use us for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.